Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit accidentalinformation.com. Hi, people of Earth. Welcome back to Good Humans. Thank you for joining once again for another episode. Before we get into it, I want to tell you to go check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash goodhumans. Lots of cool stuff over there. I won't spend too much time on it. But if you would like a Good Humans t-shirt, and they're pretty nice t-shirts if I do say so myself, uh, there's a tier where you can get a t-shirt there. Um, Alternatively, if you just want the t-shirt, if you really just want the t-shirt without signing up for a Patreon tier, although I would love it if you sign up for Patreon, if you just want a t-shirt, uh, go to my website um, and uh, hit the contact button and send me a message uh, and we'll see what we can do about getting you a t-shirt. Um, yeah, just just do that if you want to do that. Definitely sign up for Patreon if you want to sign up for Patreon, but also if you just want a t-shirt, hit up my website. It's goodhumanspod.com. Hit the contact button, send me a message, and we'll see what we can do about getting you a t-shirt. And some stickers, too. Um, so go check out the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash goodhumans. My guest this week is uh, the funny and delightful Julia Nunes. Um, she is a musician, uh, another OG YouTuber. Um, just a delightful, joyful, sunshiny, happy person. Um, and... This conversation was so, just so enjoyable. Um, she's such a delightful person. It, it this it was a funny conversation. Um, definitely learned some things that I did not know about Julia before we talked. Um, and yeah, it was just so fun. It, she's she's light and funny. Um, but we got deep uh, for a little bit as well. Um, so vulnerable and open. Uh, and uh, just so helpful. This, this is one of my, I know I say it a lot, but this is one of my favorite conversations and, um, I have not been able to stop thinking about it since. So I really think you guys are going to are going to enjoy this conversation. And while we're at it, um, I'm going to put links and, and everything in the description of the episode, but, uh, Julia just had a music video release, uh, from her most recent record, um, for the song used to want, uh, and it's amazing. It's super cool. Well filmed. Um, cinematography is awesome, but, but the coolest thing about the video is that Julia dances and she's damn good at it. So, um, check out the music video too. Uh, you can find the music video on her YouTube page. Um, just search Julia Nunes on YouTube and you will find her. I promise. Uh, I'm also going to put a link in the description of the episode as well as some tour dates. Um, she's on tour right now doing, um, some living room shows and other things. Um, so, uh, just check out the links in the description. You won't be sorry. And please enjoy this conversation with Julia Nunes. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. My name's Josh, and I'm so excited that today joining me is Julia. Julia, 
it's so nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you for making time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is pretty cool. Um, so right off the bat, I got to say, I was first introduced to your music. Uh, the first video I saw of yours on YouTube was the uh, Supremes Justin Bieber mashup. Um, mm. Still probably one of my favorite videos. It's so wonderful and weird and happy. Uh, it's great. I love that video so Thank much. You. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, um, I know about you and I know your work, but for anybody that that may not, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, just uh, the the way I usually ask this is whatever you feel like people should know about you. Uh, let's see. I'm a musician. Uh, I, I've been doing that as my only job for about 12 years. Awesome. And um, the way that I am able to do that is that um, people found my music on YouTube from either fun covers like Justin Bieber's <laughs> Supremes mashups or um, my originals. And I, I have like six records out. Only a few of them are still available on the internet because it's been so long. <laughs> um, and uh, I just put out a record this summer called Oof Wow. That's it's probably my favorite to date, actually. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. I Thank love you. it so much. Yeah, I your Ooh. your covers are great. Um, and not that not that the rest of it isn't great too, but this album, um, I guess we can get into it, but this album felt yeah, really uh felt really per like personal, like very um from the heart, I guess. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um well cool. And you so you got your start on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. and you've, you were on YouTube long, long time. Like you were one of the OGs. Oh yeah. When like. There was like less than, less than like 5,000 people on, on YouTube. I was one of them. You know what? I, I associate like your, um, like when you were coming up on YouTube, I associate that time with like, I may be off on the timing a little bit, but like Ariana or I was going to say Ariana Grande. Oh my God. Um, uh, when she was an infant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was a baby. Um, oh my gosh, Kina Granis is who I was trying to think of. I don't know why I said Ariana oh, Grande. Oh, Kina. Um, Top and five. yeah, and Tyler Ward and like those people, um, Jake Coco and others. But like, uh, yeah, that was like I feel like that was like the good. That's the good old days for YouTube. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I Kina is still making amazing music. Mm -hmm. like she's just matured into like the most. I feel like she was always like very mature. Like her presence, even as like a young person on YouTube, was so mature. And now she's like an actual adult, and it's very. She's just like <laughs> a palpable queen, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got like that quiet strength going on. Um, oh, but yeah. uh, so, I think one of the first things I want to ask you. Cause I like that, that first video that I found of you, I was like, I'm in, this is, this oh, is good wow, stuff. Thanks. I love it. Um, but I, I want to ask like, how, how did you get into, you were playing so many instruments by the way, in that video, <laughs> like a little tiny piano and a ukulele and wooden stirring spoons and all <laughs> kinds of things. Um, how did you like, how'd you get into music? Were you always a singer? Did you always love it? Um, I, I I think my first foray into music was being in musicals. I was I, I co-wrote 
a parody musical with my fourth grade teacher. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and I guess before that, my dad is an incredible pianist, guitarist. He writes songs. Um, and he got, he became a children's musician when my older sister was born, um, just writing songs to like, um, soothe her to sleep or teach her the order of the months. So, uh, I grew up with music being like an integral part of like my learning process, my playtime, like, uh, yeah, just, just kind of ingrained listening to my dad and then, and then my dad and mom are, um, also huge music fans so i just grew up on the beatles and the rolling stones and each boys that's super cool uh yeah. i have to ask what was the parody musical that you wrote in fourth grade because that's incredible I, I love i love this like entire thing my <laughs> my fourth grade teachers um a genius like teachers are teachers can relax and do nothing and this woman um decided to take the sound of music and turn it into the sound of stars to be an educational uh, um, parody that would teach us about the planets and asteroids and gravity. And uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. That's <laughs> like, amazing. There's no correlation, <laughs> but uh, she turned it into a musical about uh the planets and um and yeah like like instead of edelweiss we did asteroid <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> yeah uh so your first writing credit was at uh at like nine years old pretty yeah, much uh, yeah yeah certain early um <laughs> what, what was got in there <laughs> what was your part in that like what were you writing for that musical well, you're just like setting me up perfectly. Uh, my 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 role was the rude butler, which is in the movie just a one-line character where she comes up to the door um, to nanny these kids, and she's like, "Hello, Captain. How are you doing, Captain? I'm here to be the um, babysitter." She says, <laughs> "Governess," I think is the term they use. Yeah. And then this guy at the front door is not actually the captain. Um, and he just stares at her for a second and goes, I'm the butler. And then <laughs> Uncanny. my teacher, oh, thank you. That's how I got the role. I can, I can see that. <laughs> my teacher turned it into, uh, an, a narrator of sorts who also has like the most rich emotional arc of the show. He starts off with, you know, that, that callous, I'm the butler. And then like, by the end um, is won over by music and, and educational songs and is just like the most gung-ho <laughs> character in the musical. Um, so yeah, Sibby Falk uh, and I were um, <laughs> writing the role of the Rude Butler. I got to do a British accent um, <laughs> and wear um, a rainbow, you know, like the cat in the hat hat? I wore yeah. a rainbow cat in the hat hat. This is this is all so great already. So great. Okay. Oh, so and the reason I said you set me up perfectly <laughs> is because Rude Butler is the name of my record label, of which I am the only 
uh, signed artist, but uh, Rude Butler is is the record label I released my music under. Oh, that's amazing. I did not know that. CEO right here. That's super, super cool. All right. So (laughs) all of this is so great. So not only are you writing parody music at nine years old, you're Mm co-writing like a play, essentially. Um, This is starring in it. (laughs) Yeah. And playing the starring role and doing accents. Um, Yeah. So you had you had theater in you from obviously from a very early age. Yeah. And I would say I've always just been like a jack of all trades. Like I'm not actually an incredible composer or um, musician or singer for that matter, but I I... can do all those things and together they make me impressive. No, I, I, I think you're pretty impressive in all of those regards. Um, So you go from co-writing a, a musical play in fourth grade and starring in it and doing accents to <laughs> to doing music full time for 12 years now. Like what is what? How did that happen? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, my like, thank the upstate New York school systems. I just like would not be anywhere if it weren't for um like theater and arts and my senior year of high school, um, they offered a a film class uh, and I learned iMovie. Um, And I had been so deeply entrenched in like theater and performance and like expressing myself that by the time I was given like a camera and the knowledge of an editing program, I was like, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, And I got so many ideas in that class. Like I was allowed to do so much um, free time, you know, like as a senior, they just like set it up to be um, free, free periods. Right. Like they build in senioritis and um, (laughs) instead of like going to um, whatever the cool kids did, I would hang out in the video lab and, um, I came up with the idea of filming all of the instruments that I was playing because um, I was already recording music and I wanted to put out a video where you could see all of the things that I was playing. So it was just a real show off. It's uh, well, it's a good idea because I what I think what part of the charm of that video, uh, specifically the the Supremes bieber mashup although i i know it's it's a thing in the other videos but part of the charm of that video is like it's cutting so quickly back and forth between the different instruments being played literally one of which is wooden mixing spoons which is fantastic for percussion and uh but along with switching back and forth between those instruments then there's like different costumes almost happening and like different shots there's like a weird hat in one and then like there's like other things going on that's like little tiny small changes but it's like it's all very funny little easter eggs yeah were you did you have like did you always have an interest in like comedy and stuff like that too growing up or was that just like is that just part of you and you decided to incorporate it oh yeah uh i am just a little (laughs) um like (laughs) I don't know what the word is. 
yeah, I just, I was on an improv team in high school and college. And I, um, if I'm not making people laugh, I'm not very happy. Okay. Fair enough. I like that. Um, yeah. so you're in, in high senior year of high school learning iMovie. You, you get these ideas to like film the different instruments and things like that. And then your first video goes up on YouTube. Like was the, was the plan always to be a full-time musician or, uh, oh, like, no. was it, what was the plan? No, sir. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I basically had no plan, uh, but I was very good at math. So I was majoring in math <sighs> at school. We, we were so alike up until that moment, Julia. Ah. I'm terrible, <laughs> terrible at math. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, so you, something with math probably, um, had, I, I really didn't know. Like I, I had no plan and that's kind of how I do. Like for some reason, um, life has worked out with no, no plan at all. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's no plan has done pretty well for you on, yeah, on, the, I, on the music I, front. I recommend it. When did you, when did you realize that like this could be a thing? Um, like when, when did you figure out that there was something here and it was worth sticking with? Um, well, there were a lot of, a lot of opportunities came my way um, pretty early on that like didn't really feel like something tangible. Like, I was in school and my videos were blowing up on the internet. I was a a freshman in college. Um, And so like these big things would happen, but I didn't really trust them. Like some record labels reached out and I opened for Ben Folds and. um, That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool, but I wasn't like, Oh, like everything is going to change until I ran my first Kickstarter, which was actually, um, after I, I, um, trying to think, we was in like 2010, I think. And, um, I made like over 70 grand on Kickstarter in 30 days, which was better than any record label offer I had gotten. Wow. And, um, and that's when I was like, Oh, Oh, I could do this. This could wow. be my, my real job. So you're you're doing things like opening for Ben Folds, um, and you're getting tons of views. I'm sure people are like, like you said, like record labels are reaching out, but I'm sure other people are like reaching out and being like, "Hey, this is awesome!" You know, mm-hmm. nice work and all that stuff. What what was it? Do you think in you that was like, "Oh, this still isn't real," because like record labels reaching out, like that's a big deal. Totally. Um... I think a couple of things made me like wary, like one, I, there, there was no such thing as like a, a internet, like there was no example of like an internet person who would become like successful. True. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't like a thing. And, uh, and my dad, in addition to being a beautiful songwriter of children's music, was a lawyer. So when I was getting uh-huh. these record label deals, there was a lot of, um, uh, tracks as, mm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and I, it's funny to be like young and have such a big head and have no plan and, and be like, uh, I'm a college student, like, and I don't think I'll be happy 
if I if I sign away all of my rights and if someone tells me to like dress a certain way and write songs a certain way, like I had such a a big head about um, my own plan, um, mm-hmm. planless plan. Like I just wanted <laughs> to be in charge of my own life. There was there wasn't it didn't seem feasible to give away my life. So I just did it. Yeah. And therefore I wasn't going to be a musician. I wanted to like, yeah. But that's, it out on my own terms. that's, um, I mean, I like, I understand, I understand what you're saying as far as like you had a quote unquote big head, but like, it doesn't feel so much like you had a big head as you, you knew what you wanted out of it. And if that wasn't going to happen, then you weren't interested. Mm. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, um, I've always kind of been like pretty, uh, rejecty. That's not a great <laughs> word, but whatever. Of authority. I don't like it. Uh huh. I can, I, like I can identify. Um, uh, yeah. So this, so this Kickstarter then is a perfect, that's a perfect route for you. Um, because you you are in charge, so then you you make your your project from Kickstarter, uh, and that was like that was the point where you were like this I could we could do this like all the time and be fine. What yeah. is so what is that feeling going from because you were still in school at this point right? Mm-hmm. So what is that feeling going from like I I guess I'm gonna go through school, and I guess I'll get a job after school. And I'm sure music would have still been part of your life. Um, but what's the feeling going from like that sort of a trajectory to holy shit, I could just do music and that would be fantastic. Um, I, I had this professor who taught a course on the Beatles at my school, um, and I was a junior and I was um, part time. Um, because I was touring so much and my professor, and I was also like trying to get a degree in music business, which was like, I was, I was trying to create my own major and like Skidmore has like a create your own major. It's like why I chose the schools. Uh, The self-determined major program. And their slogan, their like college slogan was creativity matters or creative thought matters. Wow. Yeah. Branded (laughs) into my brain. Um, And so I was trying to do this major and I was like modeling it after other schools, um, kind of music business majors, and they just kept rejecting it. And so I was in my junior year having submitted this like 19 page document and like with all this research behind it. And they just kept saying no. And I was like, well, if I'm not going to graduate with this major, um, then like all all I really have is like some of my math major and some of my music major. And I couldn't complete it. There was no way I was going to be able to complete either of those in even two years because I had been, um, after my freshman year, I was like, oh, if I, I can do this major. So um, I basically 
had no, like graduating in a timely fashion wasn't an option. And my professor was like, hey, um, why are you trying to graduate? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just go do the job of the music business instead of trying to have these people who don't understand, clearly don't understand what you're trying to do give you a degree in it just go do it and I was like oh god what and I talked to my parents who are just like infinitely supportive and um much like the experience of of getting noticed on YouTube I was kind of like thrust into a new reality I moved to New York City I I finally accepted a tour that would take me out of school for longer like I had been I've been denying things that would take me out of school. And then my first tour leaving school, I opened for Ben Queller for two months. Oh, wow. Uh, super bomb. And I was kind of like blown away that it was <laughs> happening. So you, um, it seems like there's a, there's a pattern here that you're, you're doing. I, so this, this college Skidmore has a like a create your own major thing and you're like yep I'll take that because I want to do my own thing and like it seems like there's this pattern that you're like uh you're just like I'm just gonna figure I'm just gonna try it and figure it out and like again starting in fourth grade co-writing a, a parody musical to then like qu- quitting college and and like touring full-time which is amazing um where like and you, and you said your parents were super supportive which is like first of all let's point out it's a big deal that you had a professor that was like you just you could just go if you want yeah and then to have parents Thompson. that's amazing and then to have parents that are also like sure i mean you know go for it and i'm sure like all parents yeah. they're like you know concerned and like want to make sure you're okay but like they were supportive which is a huge deal do you yeah. feel like do you feel like you're like it's so it sounds like you have a pretty good support system. Do you feel like that's why you you've like kind of always had this sort of I like it's it seems very independent. I don't know how else to put it. It's just like a super independent like go getter. I'm just going to do my thing type of type of vibe. Yeah, I mean, the more I learn about um, the way humans work and like my own mind, um, I think I was set up to be um, to like crave approval and hmm. to feel separate from the pack anyways. And so um, like leaning in, I guess I've just always leaned into that. Um, but like, if I look at the trajectory of my life, like from the very beginning, I was, I was like about five years younger than every kid on my street. I had this like beautiful, active, family heavy street growing up like everyone was ages like five to 11 and there was about 20 kids and like six or seven sets of parents um and i was like two years old um and so like when i really like and this is like very therapy but like when i look at that like I just so badly like wanted to expand faster than I was capable of at two years Mm. old. Like I wanted to be like up there with the big kids and I very much was not. And, um, and so I felt like separate and then, then I worked really, really hard to, um, develop like skills that would have me 
feel included and valued and you know what I mean? It's yeah. a very deep cut right now, but, but yeah, like my no, life is just set up to, to be that way. That's so interesting. So like from an early age, you were like, you, you felt like you had like to prove something almost, it seems like. I had to, it's not, it's not even just pr- like prove myself. It was like, I had to, um, I had to build myself up somehow because mm. kids are so smart, like so resourceful. Like I clearly needed to develop a sense of confidence to like hang with these kids that I wanted yeah. to hang with. Um, and so just like from there, I, de- I basically developed being a show off at age two. Interesting. Do you, so do you feel like it, it worked as a kid? Like, were you like, did you gain that confidence to then be around kids that were older or whatever? Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, win some, lose some. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cause I, cause I know that's tricky. Like as, um, being a former killed kid myself, uh, I know like, especially in, like fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, like those like late, late middle school, like junior high ages, like that's tough anyway. Like you could be cool one day and, and just out, you know, the next. So like this was this sense of like, um, I don't know, calling it like a, a performative side seems like, I don't mean it to sound dismissive. I don't, I don't mean it that way, but like this performative no, side of real. you, um, was that like, was that like an anchor for you then? Like you're, uh, cause you're navigating, like, it's weird being a kid is weird anyway, mm-hmm. but like navigating all that was, was that like your sort of your anchor point And you were like, you know, social situations are going to happen, but like I can do, I know I can do this at least. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I've actually had, a conversation about this with my friend Andy Warren, who's a drummer in the band The Mowgli's, um, and a podcast that I that is um, currently on hiatus that I did for a while called That Was Us. We talked about childhood and, and how like being a musician, like sometimes you really are like cut loose from like a friend group or sports team or something. Like you do, you'll experience some sort of like great loss Mm -hmm. and that being a musician or talented in some way like having some form of like skill that you feel prideful in is such an anchor to your your self-love yeah i i would imagine um that remained a good anchor point then for you as you're sort of blazing your trail later too like right now dude right now i've had the hardest two years of my life and if I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, let's, I mean, let's talk about like, let's talk about the most recent record. Um, because I feel like that, that probably ties in a little bit. Cause like this record feels really personal. Um, like I said, and like just very, um, almost raw, I guess. Like it's a really good record. I love it so much. One of the reasons I love it though, is like the, I'm a lyrics guy. I, I'm, first and foremost, listening to music for the lyrics, uh, and then like good melodies and harmonies and and rhythm and everything is, is good. Um, so like your, your 
obvious like it it feels and i i don't know you so i could be totally off but it feels the record feels like like uh navigating like a lot of transition and like a lot of like just sort of like working through a lot of things like um what uh and and some of your other music has has felt a lot lighter i think at times um so was it like was that a conscious choice that you were going to be just like super authentic and transparent on this record or did it just kind of come out um hmm. i mean i think like the truth is i've been um as like honest and at times dark and um authentic as as like i was capable of feeling at the time hmm. like especially i was just talking to jack conti who's another like OG oh, yeah. youtube musician um he asked to hear the song that i wrote i was actually one of the first videos i put out on youtube there's no editing on it and it's just it's from my nose down <laughs> um it's called welcome vacation and it's about death and loss and being uh just like mercilessly miserable um, hmm. as a teenager, which is like volatile. Like I, it's so dark. When I listen to it, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> I survived that feeling. Like when I listen to that, I'm like, oh, like being sad about a breakup is actually like, yeah, a little more um, uh, tolerable. And then the, the only difference I would say between those two emotions, like those two like terrible times is that like being that dark when I was a kid, I had my mega support system of my parents and my mm. sister and my creative outlets and school and improv comedy. Like I wasn't just sitting in, in the dark. Um, and, and this record, I actually was completely alone. Um, wow. of my own making. Um, so that's, I think that's what, it, it wasn't that I decided to be more authentic. It was, it's just like my natural state to write music from like a, a mega authentic place. Yeah. Um, but this time around I was, um, completely disconnected from any friends and, um, my parents and uh, yeah like I, I I had I had been in a relationship that was just like us against the world type of vibes mm. um, and like, like really you mean like to an unhealthy degree oh yeah you can say that yeah okay <laughs> well I, like I you know because I, I think we've all to a, to an extent felt something close to that, but I know that can get unhealthy quickly. Um, yeah. That's, that's why I asked. Yeah. In, inside of that relationship, <laughs> I, I really like, I cut off my parents. Um, like I exchanged words with them. I was like, I need space. Hmm. Um, and peeled off from my sister, peeled off from my college friends, peeled off from, even friends that I had made since moving to LA, like I was just very um, insular in my relationship. And yeah. uh, and then when it ended, 
And I realized that like, I didn't want to confide in anyone. I didn't want to be like supported or comforted by anyone. Like there was no one that I, I wanted to hang out with. Um, which is, does not reflect on those people. It reflects on like, what had happened to my yeah. brain. Yeah, I understand. That. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I wrote a lot of music during that time and I've like blasted through and out of that mindset and think, thank the universe or whatever. Like I, good Lord, my parents and I just got off the phone. I love them so much. Oh, I have a lot of friends. Good Lord. I'm so good. So glad. Uh, and um, and so now, especially like I, I couldn't really record the record until I had gotten a little out of that, um, hmm. isolationism. Um, so I, yeah, I was writing songs retrospectively about like, man, I was so very alone. Huh. <clears throat> I, um, <clears throat> I feel like I know at least a little bit what that's like. I've, I've done that to myself. I think, uh, in my life once or twice um and to your point it's yeah it's true there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of growth that comes from it i think um you learn you know what you're not looking for uh i think but and like you said there's it's not reflective on any of the other like the good people in your life like they're you get this you get this feeling that they because you were such an asshole they don't want anything to do with you anymore and I feel like on their end, they're just like, yeah, cool. Like, come on back. We've been here the whole time. Everything's fine, you know? And it takes it Ooh. takes a second to, like, let yourself get there, right? Yeah. Um, um, ben Folds has this song called uh, Landed. Yes. And uh, you know the one? Yeah, I do. Oh, my God. The line, uh, come pick me up, I've landed. Yeah. And it's like coming back from a relationship where you you messed up all your relationships all of your other relationships yeah and then and then that's over and you and you land back and you're like hey can you come pick me up and like i'm so lucky that people did what um what was it that got you sort of on to the other side of that of that period was it was it right I mean, I don't want to lead you, but like, was it writing the album? Like, what was it that got you out of your funk? Um, my funk was, was blasted on through by, um, honestly, uh, group therapy, um, like some intense, like the, the kind of like woo woo, uh, stuff that you can find in LA, like Kundalini yoga. It's not just about like the breathing and, stuff like that sure. it's like the stuff they say in between mm. um about like forgiveness and um and like just a lot of the things that i learned from group therapy in terms of like taking responsibility for yourself and making amends and um realizing yeah. where <clears throat> where other people are a reflection of you as opposed to like being um like looking out at the world and seeing villains um like yeah looking at yourself and, and seeing where you 
are being inauthentic with people and cruel sometimes. I, you know, I had to, Interesting. I had to apologize to my parents for like being, because like even in this conversation, like it's just so clear to me now, like how lucky I am to have the parents I have and, and I kind of can't believe like how warped that got in my mind. Hmm. It's, it sounds like some of what you're doing, it sounds very, um, AA, uh, not, not that you were necessarily going to AA, but like, and not that that's a bad thing. Um, but like the, like the making amends, like apologizing, um, taking responsibility for your actions. Like those are all like AA tenets basically. Um, I do go to AA. I, I'm oh, okay. always kind of like a little uh, hesitant to mention it. I, I, I don't want to be an advertisement for Oh, anything, no, it's totally but... fine. And I like I, I want you to be comfortable so we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But um, I just and I, I've oh. never been I've had I've had a few friends that have gone. Um, but yeah, it just that it sounds very. AA. So I guess on that because like AA to me it seems like is very like God focused it's very like Christian and it doesn't seem like you're necessarily like you don't necessarily lean that direction is that is that like distracting to you like going through the program and like working some of these steps or is it just is it just the language they've chosen to frame some of it um I think uh, like maybe another one of my talents is being able to like listen through to the other side um so like like to what's actually going on yeah like um one of the things that they say in aa is like take take what you like and leave the rest oh okay yeah i think i'm good at that as well like um if there's something that i hear in an otherwise helpful thing that isn't helpful. Like, um, I don't know, like one example I have is like when, when talking to a member of like the elderly class and they, <laughs> they might say something that's like a little insulting. I can yeah. still hear that person's wisdom. Like I don't, I don't have to write off that entire human beings um, point of view. Like I can still hear what's valuable about oh, that's what they have to say and not totally take on the, the feeling that they're, I, I almost find it like understandable when, when like an older person is like resentful of young people. It's like, yeah. you know, still that's, that's a very, um, that in itself is a very wise thing. That's so hard to do. Like, especially like if it's a one-on-one conversation and somebody says something that's like dismissive or, you know, like whatever insulting or whatever the case may be. Um, it's really hard to not take that to heart. Like, especially when it's being said directly to you and then to be able to sort of distance yourself from that and say, well, there's still good here. That's a very, that's very wise. That's very, that's impressive. Nice yeah, job. I mean, I think that, oh, thank you. I will take <laughs> the accolade. Um, I think that that's an important an important thing. Like, I, I would love to gift that to people because I think that, um, like, recognizing, it, it, it comes from the recognition that, like, anything anyone says is a reflection of their own 
feelings about themselves. Mm. So like when when someone's accusing you or something or, or like um, especially like when you're young kids could feel could like understand this game that's being played which is like when you're being insulted it has oh, yeah. nothing to do with you it has it has everything to do with like how a person feels about themselves so like if you're being called like uh to use my childhood as an example like i i was being called like um like self-impressed you know mm, mm-hmm. um and i can now see the ways that like i was just being like a talented little kid and other kids were like i want to be talented i'm i'm mad yeah. that i'm not trying you know like i don't feel good about this part of myself so i'm gonna try and like tear it down in someone else it just it's always yeah, totally. that own person's um insecurities popping out in in their words and and people don't even hear themselves honestly like people don't even know what they're saying oh, man. half the time yes you're oh my gosh you're so right like because sometimes i think and sometimes i want to ask people and in fact i have a few times like do you hear yourself like do you understand what you're saying to like what even if it's not me like yeah do you understand the the words that you're putting together like yeah. what they mean the implications of what you're saying yeah and I, th- yeah. I think i think it's for a lot of people it's like it's such a knee-jerk uh whether it's a product of their environment or experiences or like you're saying like just it it's just projection of how they feel about themselves yeah. it i feel like a lot of times it almost comes out before they realize what is happening and they don't actually mean what they're saying but yeah go ahead well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, um, like in my, in my close personal relationships, like now that I, now that I have that running through my brain and I listen through that lens, um, like the people that are in my inner circle, um, I, I'll like slow down and be like, Hey, uh, the way I heard that just now was kind of like, I feel like a little bit of shame about this thing about myself and I just want to like talk about that. Interesting. Um, so instead of like, instead of being offended or just not saying anything, you're using it as an opportunity to like open something up that maybe they, they sound like they're dying to talk about and just nobody's given them a chance. Yeah. Well, and it, and it also takes care of like my heart and my mind is like pretending I'm not hurt. doesn't work very well. Yeah. It's a close personal friend. Like, if it's if it's a, a a person that isn't in my inner circle, like I do that little mind trick, and I'm like la 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 la, you're insecure, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I'll confide confide in one of my own friends and be like, well, th- this thing happened, and and this like little tender part of me did get hit, and and like my friend can like reflect back to me that like it's good and a gift to the world that like I share my art. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like uh with a close personal friend like it, it's not even like giving them like oh clearly you're dying to talk about it it's like well clearly this will be a thing for us if i let this go this will pop uh, so, so yeah. let's address it because because that you know i don't think you want to hurt me yeah uh, and but you, that's but you did just now. yeah and what what you're saying is i it's so important for so many reasons but 
the biggest thing I think there is that you're assuming the best about this person. You're, you're assuming they don't want to hurt you. They didn't mean to. And if they knew it was hurtful, they wouldn't have said it or at least not that way. Um, but then like, it's, I think it's such a great idea to stop like in the moment and say, this is what I heard. It sounds like this is what's going on. Like, let's just talk about it now. Um, recently, uh, Cecilia, my wife and I have been doing this thing where, We'll say because like you, I mean, you know how it gets like when you're in a relationship and like you're around each other, you you start to assume that the other person knows how you feel about everything, Mm -hmm. even if it's something you've never talked about before. And so like these assumptions are toxic because one person will say something and it'll get taken way out of context by the other person because you're assuming they know how you feel. So we've started doing this thing where instead of saying like uh, that we're angry about like the thing one of us said, like we're kind of doing what you're saying. Like we're assuming, okay, I, I would assume you're not trying to hurt my feelings, but mm-hmm. this is, this is how I felt when you said that. And like, it's, this is very like therapy too, but it's, it's like um, just telling the other person like this, is like, here's my context. This is why it felt this way. Like, please tell me why you said this thing this way or like what you meant. Um, and it's, it has like just dissolved so many fights that would have been huge fights. It's like, if you're right, if I could, if I could just give all of this, like everything that you're saying, if I could just give Mm -hmm. all this to everybody, Mm -hmm. oh, such a, such a better place we'd be in. But especially you mentioned kids. Like if we could go back and tell kids, like you said, there's a game being played and uh it's all bullshit so just Mm -hmm. just say whatever's on your mind you know like yeah nicely but but just like if we could just be like hey listen you're you're great you are a wonderful awesome type of kid and and like sometimes other people are gonna hurt your feelings and it's totally natural that your feelings are hurt, but like if we could somehow instill instill the like if you're you're not bad, you shouldn't feel shame mm, yes you you are loved like it, uh I think that that's why um Christianity is such a, a so many people like it. <laughs> Some, <laughs> you know, the Christians yeah. who are Christians. Yeah, uh, a lot of them like it um, because that is instilled, and in that that comes from like the God thing, and you know, like God's love, and there's like that. That's that's the thing that you can rely on, and it's almost outside of yourself. But like, there's just this entity that loves you, and then like my only qualms with Christianity is that it comes with like rules and regulations. And, certain churches are like you you know definitely you are perfect and whole and god loves you but don't be gay yeah, um, yeah. or you know some some christians don't do that and that's great um yeah. so yeah, it's, I think, it's easily it's easily misused i think um for sure Christianity. yeah um but i think that that's what uh i think that that's what is missing all of it is like remembering that you're a good person and that you don't need to feel shame about anything and that when another person does hurt your feelings get like curious about it as opposed to like 
turning them into a villain who's intentionally that's hurting you. It's just like hurt people hurt people, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. You like the way you put it, uh, being curious about it instead of turning them into a, a villain. Yeah. I like that. I like that way of thinking about it. Um, Mr. Rogers has been coming up a lot on my podcast lately, but oh, uh, beautiful. Love him so much. Um, I bawled my eyes out when I watched, uh, once you be my neighbor. Um, yeah, but the, the quote, one of my favorite quotes from him, the quote that stuck out to me the most was, um, feelings are manageable and mentionable. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> just like, just reminding all of us that like, you have feelings and that's fine and it's natural and it's wonderful and they're not only manageable, you can control them, but, uh, you can also talk about them and that's okay too. Um, which I love so much. Um, so we, we got sidetracked, but we were talking about the record, um, <laughs> which it's all great. So I'm, I'm so happy, but, uh, I, I do want to talk about the record cause it's so great and I want people to listen to it so much. Um, but I'm always curious. So like there's, uh, let's see how many songs, six songs on the record. Um, and I'm always curious if there's anything on the record that you wrote that, uh, surprised you like when you got done with the project, were you, were you, were you like looking back over it or like, as you were writing a song and you were like, Oh, okay. Like, let's go with this. <laughs> or was there anything that surprised you? Um, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like I'm tempted to say all of it. Like I, I don't have a ton of control. That's an okay answer. <laughs> okay. Um, so you like, you just kind of get into a flow, like when you're writing and whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, it's like uh, if I believe in in like the muse, and I believe in like um, like a lot of songwriters have this philosophy that like it's not you, it's like creativity moving through you. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds so very I, artist's way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so like it, it, I can tell. It's like when I have writer's block is when when I'm trying to say something on purpose. And oh, interesting. The, the times when I like let it actually flow, and that, I think that's why my songs are so vulnerable, is because like I actually can't. I can't lie. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, I I would have loved to have written songs that that um that made me look a little cooler and. Um, and like I was feeling better than I was doing. Um, yeah, you know, know. yeah, to that point though, um, one of my other favorite artists, Ferris, uh, there's, I think about this line all the time and I don't know why it stuck out to me so much, but in one of his songs, he, there's this line where he says, um, something about like, you're trying to be cool, da, 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 da. And then he like ends it with, but you know, it's cool not trying, um, which is like, we've all heard that before, but like that, honestly, that's like, that's how your music comes off to me. It's like, it's very, um, and just you, I think in general, it's very like, this is me and I'm just doing my thing and you can come along for the ride if you want, but 
I'm going to do my thing, which is very like, that's a very, like, there's a lot of gravity to that. Like people are attracted to that, I think. Um, so I, I would, I would counter that your music is cool in like the, you know, like the rebel, like outsider, like James Dean kind of way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I feel, I feel good about the music and I, I gotta thank, uh, Shruti Kumar, my producer for like kind of turning these songs that were like a little too, um, like I didn't I didn't feel good about what I was saying like if the song the song happened I was like I don't know I don't know how I'm ever gonna put put these out to anybody and she was like well here's how we make it sound really good and I was like wow okay I like the way this sounds here's a thought (laughs) is that is that how you say it by the way when you write when you write a song a song happened you just you get down and you're like, all right, a song happened. Yeah, sometimes I'll cancel plans because I'm like, yo, a song is happening right now. I can't, I can't come. That's so good, so good. What's um, what's your? Do you have a favorite on the record? Um, you know, I I really love feels good. I think that that's like um, like if there is a song that pulled me out of my my deep dark. It's, it feels good because I, I I squeezed in one little crush and there's kind of nothing like a, a crush and to like make you feel like I, when you know you're like going to kiss somebody soon, you're just like in yoga thinking about yeah. kissing, yep. drinking water, thinking about kissing. <laughs> like <laughs> it just, um, it turns everything into like kissing preparation. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're, you're right. <laughs> Trying to feel as good as possible before I'm in a situation where we kiss. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's my favorite on the record too. It's the first song on the record. Um, and, uh, if it's not that one, I think, um, uh, no sudden moves is probably mm-hmm. like those, those two are up there for me. Um, and then yeah. you're, uh, you're, you're, you're currently touring i, f- I feel I'll, like i'll i'll be touring yeah. in november i've done okay, okay. i've done release shows for the record i did an la Got and a new it. york okay. city release show i was gonna say i feel like um i was talking to your people uh and they were telling me you just got done doing something um mm-hmm. and then so you're gonna be start touring in november um i feel like a while back you were doing living room shows right mm-hmm. is that true um, are you still doing those or like, what is the, what does the upcoming tour look like? The upcoming tour is clubs, but I, I oh, love sweet. living room shows so much. And, um, it, I think it'll always be a combination of the two clubs and living room shows. Very cool. Do you know, um, what the, what the plan is for the tour? Like where, where you're headed? I am terrible at understanding <laughs> tour routes, locations, times of things. It's a miracle that I know it's on the East Coast and that it's in November. Um, oh, cool! And I would have to check my own Instagram to, to tell you. <laughs> I know, I know, New York City is on there. Okay, and fair Chicago. Enough. I know that. Cool. All right, two great cities. I'm from Chicago, um, so that's great. Currently live in Durham, so if you're anywhere near North Carolina, uh, we'll probably pop out and and see you. Um, you know what's rare is I actually know that I'm coming kind of close because there's a family in Durham that has hosted like four living room shows and oh, no they, way. 
Instagram messaged me and they were like, you're coming here. Actually, she was being like, um, the mom was being like, probably in her estimation, like very funny or, or, you know, just kind of like coy. She was like, Uh Hey, is it true that you're coming here? Like she must've seen the tour announcement. She was like, is it true? And I was like, yo, I don't know. (laughs) But I think, I think she's, I think she's, uh, true that I am coming there. Very cool. Um, so I might, I think I'm coming close to you. We'll, we'll both check Instagram. After okay. Yeah. Recording. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll check the, uh, the Instagram. Um, and then I'll, I'll put some dates. I'll put the dates in the episode description too. Actually, um, we can talk about this afterwards too. My brother-in-law owns a restaurant in Durham. Um, if you have any other open slots, uh, he for sure would have you play there. I think too. Uh, we can talk cool. about that, but, All right. um, okay. So, uh, so the record's out now people need to listen to it. It's called Ugg Wow. Um, mm-hmm. all one word. Uh, so all caps, wait, baby. yeah, all cat. Wait, let's see. I don't want to spell it wrong. <laughs> yeah. U G H. I, I, I wanted to make sure it was a U G H. Ugg Wow. U G H W O W. Um, it's very great and I love it so much and people should listen to it. Um, Julia, before we wrap up, there's a question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, so I hope you're ready. It's the most important question ever. Oh boy. No pressure. pressure. Um, <clears throat> since the podcast is called Good Humans, the question I ask everybody is, what does it mean to you to be a good human? Um, from your perspective and your experience, what, is, what does that look like? Um, wow. Uh, I think to be a good human is um is a pursuit to know thyself um to look at at why you do things and uh and in that pursuit um love thyself Uh, no shame holes, no going into a shame hole because you look at yourself and you're like, Oh God, I do these things because I'm fucked up. (laughs) Can I swear on your podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. No, it's totally fine. Um, and, and, uh, like from a place of, of loving yourself, like sending love out into the world in, in whatever form is most natural to you. I love that so much. I, um, (laughs) The way the way I heard that was like this very stern but loving bullet list of like, do this, no doing this, do this, do this, but only if it's good for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Figure do you yourself f- out and, and you figure f- out how to love love what you find. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in loving yourself, you are you are of better service to the world at large. I would, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Do you, do you feel like, um, do you feel like that's the place you're in? Like that's what you're doing currently? Yeah. It's a forever thing. I think. Yeah. I, um, it definitely I, is a I forever thing at it right now than I ever have been before. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Except for I was, maybe when I was a kid, you know, I think I was really yeah. good at loving myself and, and being like just a, a sweet little gift to the world when I was a kid. Like you just make people so happy when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you, and you love yourself and you're creative. And like, I think actually being a good human is, is maybe a little bit of pursuit to return to like the, the self love and like energy and, yeah. um, 
and like desire for goodness for everyone that kids have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my listeners probably already know that this is where I'm going, but I read a book a while back called Get Weird. I tell everybody to read like every time it comes up, I tell everybody to read it. It's by a guy named CJ Cassiata. He was on the podcast. It's wonderful. But in that book, he talks about your sacred weird and how at some point all of us as kids get the weird kicked out of us. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, it's the time that like we figure out that, oh, I there's a way to be apparently. And yeah. so I have to like be that. Uh, and that's a shame because all of us should just stick with whatever was happening when we were a kid. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, great advice. I love it, Julia. Thank you. Um, did we not talk about anything that you wanted to make sure that we talked about? I want to make sure. Do like, do you feel good? I feel good. Yeah. I, um, I'll, I'll plug something if that's cool. Yes. I was going to say like whatever you want to plug or like where you want people to find you, all that good stuff. Go for it. Amazing. Um, okay. Well, I have a music video coming out in October where I dance. Yes. Very excited about it. Uh, it's for a song off of Ugwow called used to want. Um, and, uh, it is premiering at a film festival in Toronto at the beginning of October and it'll come out at the end of October. Um, and then, uh, aside from that big cool thing, Check out my Instagram, Julia Noons Music, and on YouTube, you can just search Julia Noons and find uh, anywhere from 18 to 30-year-old me. <laughs> uh, where did, just side note, on YouTube, where did the username come from? Because it's just oh. J and then a bunch of A's. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was my nickname in high school. My friends ja. called me Jack. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> I always pronounce it as like a drawn out thing but um yeah okay <laughs> yeah it was uh the number of a's just came from i held down the a key and then a, you know a certain number of a's came out love it it was fates <laughs> um awesome okay so and then people can watch out for the music video on your youtube youtube channel i would assume mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we'll probably see it on instagram too at some point i i will translate portions. yeah portions cool Cool. No more than one minute. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. Just a taste. Um, that's so exciting. Um, I'm so happy. Um, well, cool. Thank you so much for making time for this. This was such a fun, delightful conversation. Um, Oh God. I love the concept of this podcast and and this conversation is like what I always want to be talking about. Well, thank you. Um, and there you have it. People of earth. Uh, thank you for listening. And until next week, be good to each other. Oh, yes, please.